Hey guys, before we continue, I wanted to say if you also want to start a podcast of your own, I have a great recommendation for you and it is called Anchor. So why Anchor? It's free, it has easy tools to help you get started and it will distribute your podcast for you. And the best part is, you can make money while doing what you love. Basically, it has everything you need. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Let's proceed to the awesomeness. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo Ador, um, your host. And uh, I have my friend Vinicius Serva here. Um, yes. Can you tell us something about yourself? Okay, well, um, I am from Brazil. Um, I, I live in Porto Alegre, which is the capital of Rio Grande do Sul, a, a state which is in the southernmost part of my country. I am 29 years old. Um, I am very interested in mythology. Um, I have a degree in library sciences, but uh, currently I am trying to, to apply to a master. I'm trying to enter in, in a master of history at uh, at my uh, at an an university here in my state and um, uh, since 2016 i am interested in the historicity of jesus um, because um, since i don't know 2008 I am interested, as I said, in mythology. I am fascinated by uh, Celtic mythology, um, a little bit of Norse mythology, even in general, um, but mainly uh, Celtic, which led me in uh, the beginning of 2016 to try and understand uh, why why we don't have uh, today, for instance, uh, I don't know, uh, the Celtic religion in our society, you know. I, I, I wasn't uh, curious about the political uh, question because I know that Christianity became the, the imperial state and we had the Dark Ages and so on. But uh, I, I, I loved and I also love the Celtic mythology so much that I was interested in knowing uh, Christianity uh, in, it, in its theological aspect. Like what makes uh, the God uh, Yahweh, uh, I don't know, uh, be... Uh, in, have in more esteem in people, you know, why, um, yeah, so, uh, so I started researching about the Judeo-Christian tradition in the beginning of 2016. Uh, and I, start, I started with Yahweh. I discovered that he is a figure 
who is very violent and pyromaniac in the Old Testament, right? Uh, which uh, some months later led me uh, to know uh, Acharya, Acharya S, which is one of the main proponents of the Christ myth theory, uh, which uh, uh, poses that or, or defends that Jesus wasn't a historical character. Um, and uh, sin, uh, since then, I, uh, beyond or besides being interested in the historicity of Jesus, I also got interested in, in what is called Gnosticism, although the term is kind of being questioned, Gnosis, Gnosticism, but I am interested in Gnosticism because of two authors who, who studied uh, the existence of Jesus through, through the lens of, uh, of Gnosticism. Because for them, for them uh, Jesus is a Gnostic mythical savior, right? They have a theory that uh, every religious tradition have uh, a spiritual Gnostic uh, tradition and a literal uh, corrupted tr tradition, you know. And um, I also entertain the possibility that uh, the Apostle Paul uh, his his real identity. Um, I entertain the possibility that is uh, Simon Magus, because um, um, I saw some similarities uh, already, some coincidences that uh, it's not that we can uh, really suspect but are coincidences that deserve uh, some uh, attention. And that's pretty much about it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, uh, but I guess then, with all your studying in history, um, what have you concluded with the historical accurateness of who Jesus is or what most of the people uh, these days in modern age, think about him. Um, uh, do you mean uh, my my conclusion about uh, the subject? I, about uh, the historical Jesus? Yeah. If he existed or not? Yeah. Well, well, um, I think uh, that is is very hard. Uh, that he he have existed because uh, in the Medi Mediterranean region we had we had uh, a lot of mystery cults and um, and th they also had uh, rites of uh, for instance uh, uh, ablution which which is uh, kind of uh, the baptism 
of Christianity. Uh, so uh, you 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 have uh, in Christianity and in this rites uh, a um, uh, a well uh, the you have the right to enter the cult and um, in this mystery cults uh, this rite of ablution also uh, removed sins from uh, the person who is going to be initiated. We have a, a clear instance of that in Tertullian saying uh, about the mystery codes of Isis and Mithras. Uh, well, uh, it's his uh, interpretation. It's how he represents uh, the effect of being uh, of suf of going through this uh, ritual that the person uh, has its sins removed but i know that uh, an author already corroborates that yes this ritual really removes sins for different reasons than christianities but they do and they also uh, these cults also had a, a sacred meal uh, uh, and uh, a scholar Richard Carrier said that um, these meals were also intended to unite the the initiate with uh, its deity so you have also another another correspondence with Christianity and with the Eucharist also, uh, these mystery codes, their, their doctrines, they were uh, encoded in myth, myths. myths. Um, uh, so, uh, in uh, the Jesus story, some scholars also pointed out that uh, Jesus' story in the gospel, the gospels themselves are more uh, are better understood as myths rather than historical reports like uh, for instance uh, jesus in in when he he goes through galilee and gather his disciples um, his first two disciples uh, peter and andrew he doesn't he doesn't barely uh, convince them of joining him. It's like, oh, come, come with me and let's make fishers of men. And they, they suddenly just drop their nets, right? And follow him. Uh, and I, and I, I am pretty sure that uh, uh, it's said in the gospel, they immediately follow him, right? So it's something weird to be in a report if this is a historical event. And, it, and it's such a, a trivial thing like gathering, gathering uh, uh, disciples. So why to make um, about such a trivial thing uh, uh, to become a, a a a report that is unrealistic, you know. 
And there, there are also other uh, parts of the gospel. For instance, uh, Jesus, um, when he finds a man with demons, he, he transfers the demons of this man, uh, uh, 200 demons, right? Into, into 200 pigs, something like this. And then um, and the, uh, Jesus then cast the pigs into the sea uh, to drown in the sea. And so uh, uh, these are things that uh, they are weird, you know. They are, they, they are seen to be better understood as, as myths. And uh, also, uh, when Jesus enters Jerusalem, he enters uh, in that uh, kind of ceremonial way when people are uh, waving palms at him, right? Uh, and this has a, a correlation not only in the Old Testament, but also in, in the story of Dionysus. I can't remember the, the details now, but yeah, there are um, scholars, mainly, mainly Richard Carrier, already posited that the Gospels are better understood as myths rather than historical reports. So in the mystery codes, you have a, a initiation ritual to uh, the ablution to enter the cult and remove sins, and then the Eucharist, and you have also myths uh, who encode secret doctrines that must be decoded by by the initiate. And um, I think that one last major hint that Jesus wasn't a historical because Christianity started as a mystery cult, is that um, uh, in, in, Paul, in Paul's time, in the Apostle Paul's time, uh, Paul, uh, he says, I, can, I don't remember if it's explicit. Yeah, he says that, uh, oh, I can't, uh, to the Corinthians, I think, I can't impart to you uh, this type of knowledge because you're not ready yet and and in the mystery codes you also have you also had uh, secret doctrines so paul is is consci consciously uh, showing that there are uh, the uh, doctrines knowledge uh, that some some of the members of the Christian cult at his time weren't weren't ready yet to receive. So that is a I don't know how people say <laughs> red flag that we might we we are probably uh, dealing and not because the secret doctrines but you you end up adding. Piece by piece, it's the ablution, is the is the sacred meal, is the gospel story, 
story which is better better seen as a myth than a history and and also uh the the secret doctrines so um i concur with richard carrier richard carrier that uh just as the other mystery codes were consciously created with this element these elements so christianity uh is better better seen as having been consciously created by uh, a an ablution ritual by an eucharist the sacred meal right um by the gospels portraying jesus more uh, uh portraying the story be better seen as a myth according according to our knowledge about how myth myths were created in antiquity and also the secret doctrines uh, so uh, i think that Christianity was consciously created as a mystery cult. And therefore, uh, Jesus could not be historical because all the other mystery cults, pagan mystery cults, had their saviors um, as, as mythical beings, uh, Dionysus, Attis, Mithras, um isis or or osiris and um well also uh there is a an, an, another point that richard carrier uh, uh um, studies is that jesus would have been not a pagan god but a heavenly uh, figure like an angel because okay uh, christianity seems to be consciously created as a mystery cult but okay jesus uh, uh, what was he actually but so we can see that uh, we, we we don't have historical reports about him josephus uh, he didn't mention Jesus, I don't think. It's very weird, uh, the passage for him, uh, the testimony of Flavianum for him to have uh, written it. And other Roman sources don't explicitly mention Jesus, Tacitus, uh, Pliny, Suetonius. They don't, they don't explicitly mention Jesus, the historical Jesus. Um, let's see. Yeah, and uh, through the Pauline epistles, Carrier then uh, could see evidence, and not only the Pauline epistles, but also uh, using Philo too, because Philo uh, mentioned a, a, a figure whose characteristics are the same as as uh, jesus in the pauline epistles like uh, the uh, the pre-existence 
uh, of a figure. Uh, uh, in the case of Philo, I don't think he mentions also a Jesus, but there are a lot of characteristics that seem to, uh, to have maybe been imported to Jesus uh, in the Pauline epistles. Um, yeah, I think that's basically it. Uh, I don't think Jesus uh, probably existed because it would be weird, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, all the other codes have had the same characteristics, and their saviors was unhistorical. So why would Jesus be different? That's my take. Awesome. Okay. So you you uh, set a, sort of a standard in how you would interpret the, for example, even the Bible, the narratives, Jesus' miracles, and everything uh, would, uh, according to Richard Carrier, would simply be absurd, right? And But uh, other than that, um, I guess uh, we could say that miracles or these stories are meant to be weird because they're not normal, you know? But uh, when we talk about, for example, like, let's say God, you know? Oh, do you okay. think God exists? Why or why not? Oh, about God. Well, uh, I I don't think um, God exists with... Uh, that's very complicated. But I don't think he exists. There is no... Uh, there is no evidence... Because if we are going to establish uh, a way of, of uh, uh, establishing knowledge, we need science, right? I mean, science is, is the, the way to acquire knowledge, uh, which is based on observations of what exists of what uh, everyone can see, right? So um, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I am, I am sure that uh, there's no uh, evidence that God exists, which, which is not say that we can't have had a, a, a starting point um in the universe or the multiverse i don't know but um the kind of god that we have in mind which uh, it's judgmental which promises heaven for some or hell for others i think this is a um, this is a, how can I say? I think it's not accurate according to what we know of the universe. Because if I can add a little more thing, um, I think that God is the product 
of uh, philosophical speculation. You know, uh, in antiquity, uh, I know that a, a Gnostic philosopher, uh, Basilides, he has a quote. I can't get it now because I would take some time. But he has a quote uh, uh, in which he, he tries to understand uh, God, but he, he doesn't assume that God has these characteristics, you know, that he promises heaven or hell. He goes into a, a mind process of thinking, oh, but what... Um, God can't be even one because we are then defining God. You know, he goes, he goes into a specula speculation about what God can be, but not what God uh, actually is. You know, he tries to construct God. Oh, but we can't define that God is one because we are already characterizing what we can't characterize, you know. So it's interesting. I think that God, rather than being a, a, a reality, an object of reality that the, the science can perceive, I think that God is actually... Uh, the product of of people trying to understand what is at the origin of everything, you know. And I don't know, maybe some of them might have, uh, actually some of them put characteristics on God that he is judgmental and, and stuff. But this is already a process that that you are not anymore trying to to speculate. You are already uh, stating that God is this, you know, and that's the problem, because then you create a God that is evil, right? The Gnostics thought that Yahweh is a is a an, an ignorant deity because well anyway <laughs> we can we can discuss this more if you want or we could yeah I'm, re I'm I'm actually um in, uh, been studying I, I, the Gnostics I, I don't know I don't know if I made myself understood <laughs> Yeah, uh, you said basically that there could be a God, there couldn't be a God, but so far as we know, um, the God that is presented to us is this uh, person that um, does, doesn't really care much about us. That's what you're saying. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah uh, science, uh, my point is, is that uh, science couldn't uh, find evidence that God exists, uh, not with the characteristics that we think of God, which is not to say that uh, the universe didn't have a, a principle 
right? But what we do have evidence for is nature. So I, I don't know uh, at which point, at which point uh, nature stops being nature and become God or God uh, stops being God and become nature. I think that there is only evidence for nature. You understand? Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Okay. But it seems that, um, well, we could go philosophical on this, but I would like to uh, uh, dive into your understanding of Gnosticism. You know, I, I have a, friend, a lot of friends who talk about being Gnostics, but to you, what, what is yeah. your understanding of Gnosticism? Well, uh, Gnosticism, uh, Gnosis, right? Gnosis is a term uh, used to define um, a, a state or rather an, an insight that um, you, you suddenly know uh, or you have a, an insight about God. So uh, in orthodoxy, while, while you have Jesus to be the intermediary of God, uh, uh, Gnosis allows you to, to have a direct, direct ex experience of God in the sense that... Um, because they have a whole uh, way of thinking that we we came or rather we have fallen from a state of of purity which is the plur pleroma we have fallen from the pleroma into the matter which is our world which is also uh, called kenoma, right? This cosmos, the world of matter, this universe. So uh, for the Gnostics, you, uh, you should acquire Gnosis, which is the insight that you are not from here. You are not from this, this let's say, uh, dimension. It's not an accurate word, but uh, we, are, we are not from this planet. We are not from this dimension or cosmos. We, we, we are, our true home is actually from where we have fallen, which is the Pleroma. And so we have to we have to acquire this insight, this divine insight, which is gnosis, uh, that we are not from here. We have fallen, and uh, uh, by acquiring this gnosis, uh, we 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 how can I say? I don't I don't know. It's kind of. I should study a little more, but through this insight, you know where you came from. So you know that you are going to return to this place, you know? And um, 
there are there are more things involved because um, I think that uh, Gnosticism might also uh, be a mystery code. Well, if Christianity started as a mystery code, Gnosticism uh, kind of out, uh, it's true a mystery code. Because in the mystery code, you, ha you had uh, a set of teachings that involved not also uh, ethics of being a better person, but also that you are not uh, separated from God, you know, from the divine. And this was taught in the mystery codes, but also according to my readings of uh, Timothy Freak and Peter Gandhi, uh, uh, Gnosis also allows you to, to reconnect with God or the divine. So uh, I think that Gnosis is this uh, uh, divine intuition that uh, we, we are not from this world. We are here temporarily, temporarily. And uh, we have to, to realize where we came from because we will realize what we are, that we are uh, uh, good uh, people. Let's say, let's put that way. Divine, divine beings, right? We are divine beings, but in a fallen state on earth. So this insight allows us to, to try to be uh, the most divine we can on earth, do good to others, try to connect ourselves, ourselves to nature, to God, to God, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so that we die with a better hope that we will, we will return to the Pleroma when we die. And uh, another point, uh, the, main, the main part of the mythology of the Gnostics is that Jesus came, uh, came to earth, to earth uh, to teach us this, you know, that we are not, that we are uh, essentially uh, a divine being. So he comes to awaken in us the, the divine seed that is asleep inside of us. And they also they also have another other aspects like they have the figure of the demiurge uh, who who in their philosophical uh, speculations or myths this demiurge is the the god who created earth and he is the same as Jehovah or Yahweh. Uh, uh, and he is an ignorant deity. So uh, he created the world uh, in, in an ignorant manner. So we suffer 
uh, in in various ways. Um, this world is a valley of tears, you know. And um, yeah, they created a whole mythology to explain their philosophical speculations. And Jesus is this, this being, which I think is mythical, um, that comes, symbolically comes. They try to sell this idea, right, the Gnostics, that he came to awaken in us the notion, the idea that we are not this body we are, uh, you know, we are, we are essentially uh, one with God, but we have fallen from it. That's essentially my my view on mm-hmm. on Gnosticism. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, can you tell me? Uh, I guess then that um, now you have this understanding of history and what uh, the sources of maybe Christianity and. Um, how Gnosticism sprouted up from all of these um, in terms of, for example, what the the religious condition of the modern age is, you know, with that, like, billions of people being Christian and Muslim. Um, why do you think there's uh, so much religion uh, in, a, in a really, really uh, informative age? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, it might not have just one reason. Let's see. I think that religion still have has uh, too much political power um, uh, and also uh, social power because at least in my country, well, uh, in any in any street, <laughs> you will find a church, right? An evangelical church. So uh, it's a profitable uh, business. That's why you have all these churches. Um, and also because of uh, of politics. Uh, today, today we have a president, Jair Bolsonaro, and uh, he is he is a very conservative Christian person. So, uh, so uh, he 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 represents and he influences uh, politics because of his of his religious views among other politicians also and um, i let's see here i don't know uh, people are are very yet uh, they they hold strongly to to their traditions yet right because we are talking about centuries, even millennia, of uh, a conditioning that 
that uh, couldn't uh, that faced uh, or 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 didn't face how can i say a, a critical sense because the church in the middle ages suppress, suppressed any attempt on on questionings and stuff and uh yeah and because i it's 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 very hard even in an in a society like ours to find people with critical sense you know uh, not that people don't have they do have but the religious part uh it is is also strong and it's okay anyone anyone can have their own beliefs i i just think that we we should not keep selling ideas like the the virgin birth or other miraculous things because uh, they 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 only um uh contribute uh to the existence of of uh, uh pa pastors like the ones in my country which make a lot of evangelical churches to uh make people delusional like they they sell uh brooms with magical properties or bottles of water with magical properties and that is that is not true right that that is misleading people into buying an idea which is which is not not true that's that's my point that uh, politics uh so social aspect because it's profitable and you you gain a lot of uh influence too right of power over people yeah sure and and, uh, uh, and uh, i agree with that but i guess uh, we have to uh, also look into human psychology and uh, uh dive deep down into why people have or are tend to have relig religious beliefs, you know? And there are many theories, and we could talk about all of these, but yeah. essentially, I, I, I personally, I think that um, um, we, we, we as humans have and actually cannot arrive at certainty in terms of, uh, of things that we, we use induction for. For example, uh, we, can, uh, we, we cannot fairly be certain whether or not um, we ha we're actually we've actually been here for billions of years, or that God created us. There are things that we can't absolutely be certain about, but uh, but I do agree that there are things that that are scientific that keep working, and we would assume that is our facts, like the moon being being spherical and the Earth not being flat right. and gravity and um medicine and and that stuff but sure. in terms of uh, of things that 
um, adjust our out of reach and we only use our limited data to to analyze and predict or to um, I'm not sure if we're able to actually know for certain about these things, but we can tr actually make guesses, you know, that that's what I think. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my, my position is that uh, when, whenever you have a point to make or a point to defend, you must have evidence. And uh, this evidence must be um how can i say uh, ever everyone can have the same uh, access to the evidence you are positing because it gets easier to a person to claim that uh, uh, he uh, he or she was visited by an alien right there are some things that we must be suspect uh, and that's how i how i see it uh, uh, just uh, a little uh, one more thing uh, uh, a golden rule uh, the burden of proof is on the person making the claim right I'm not saying that we never will discover if God exists, but uh, anyone trying to attempt this to defend God's existence must give evidence. And that's, that's not been done properly yet. And so if uh, until until this is done done we can't just believe and that's an important thing to keep in mind we can't believe in something uh, until we have a reason so it's not to say oh god doesn't exist god is a fairy tale thing no just that we can't know and if we can if we can't know we don't just believe just as we don't believe in with all due respect in unicorns because we have no evidence <laughs> that's that's kind of a close parallel that's how i think yeah but i guess then um there are things that we have reason to believe that we have reason to believe that don't exist, but but we we can never actually say that uh, um, no unicorns exist because we would ne we never we we don't know we're not omniscient you know so there might actually be a unicorn out there but we just don't know or that we just don't have reason to believe that we have uni there are unicorns but. But but to say for certain that there are no that there are no ab absolutely no unicorns is a logical fallacy, right? Yeah, I mean it is, and um and I, and they, these are <laughs> things that are very uh, logical, you know. So uh, when it comes because to like the, mm -hmm. because the uh, I I I understand what you say, 
It's because, uh, but I wanted to counter saying that uh, the burden of proof is on the person making the claim. It's not to say that, oh, uh, they don't exist. No, we, we are just expecting you to prove your point because uh, I, I can't know if you are just making it up, you know? Maybe you don't actually uh, know or have the evidence. Maybe you're just making it up. So uh, we have uh, uh, the burden of proof is on the person saying something, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, as I said, you can you yeah, can but, be but making the fact is like um, whether or not my argument. Uh, that or th that I have uh, I prove that there are unicorns or I don't prove or I give sufficient evidence. That's irrelevant whether to the fact that the objective the objective truth that there uh, whether or not there could be a unicorn or not or no unicorn out there. So um, I I, th I guess that w whether or not um, I the who whether or not um, I I show a or I. I suffice or satisfy the burden of proof or I don't give the burden of proof, it's irrelevant. Basically, we're just two people talking about whether or not there's a unicorn, but that doesn't change the fact that in the objective reality, there could be a unicorn out there or they, there couldn't. And and I, I guess then we could also t uh, uh, use that argument with God, you know. Um, we humans, you know, we have our limited knowledge and whether or not uh, some I prove or don't don't prove or you disprove God or you don't disprove God, we can never know for certain. Uh, and I think that um, anyone who makes a logical, a positive claim that there is no God um, is making a fa fallacy. Yeah, I I agree with you because uh, and th there is another problem. Because uh, if God, because you you have to show the evidence, it's it's not the person that must dis disprove. I mean, he uh, this person can can disprove by showing that there is no evidence. <laughs> but uh, the 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 principle is that it's the one making the claim. Uh, that must give the evidence. Uh, and so uh, the other person will analyze the evidence, the evidences, and uh, will come to a conclusion if God exists or not. And you, you also raised a point that uh, regardless uh, of of uh, we know or not that God or unicorns exist, that they might exist, regardless that we know right or not. But yeah, it uh, it comes to the to the point that we can't know, and so we can't believe in something that we don't know. You understand. You need. You need. You need a, a reason to believe in something, and you need a good reason. Mm -hmm. Well, I could, I could I talk to you about um, reasons to as to believe as to why how, why God exists. You know that 
that, that that's uh pretty easy but um in terms of i guess um this interview and it's almost an hour now and it's been awesome talking with you uh, um and i wanted to ask Thanks. you one last question um yeah being a person as you who uh, who strives to be a historian you know so um what is yeah. your end goal or your vision for the future as to how you would um act in life and what your contribution to society would be being this historian well um as a historian <clears throat> i would like to uh, to defend uh or or rather to produce uh, knowledge about the origins of Christianity. Uh, the baby alongside the water, you know. Uh, if I ever come to defend publicly as a historian that Jesus most likely wasn't uh, historical, I also want to show that we also have this incredible myth myth of Jesus, right? Of sacrifice, beautiful myth, uh, alongside the other myths of Gnosticism. I want to to show uh, to put light also as a historian in the Gnostics. I think they were very very uh, mistreated misrepresented by this 2000 years almost of history <clears throat> yeah I, i i want to be this historian that tries to show the uh, the early christianity as most scientific as as possible even though i might be uh, challenging consensus I will try not also to to uh, be expelled from academia, but I want to try the best I can to point out things that may not be true, you know. And I I I I think that the truth is a great thing. I love the truth. I love knowing that Jesus probably was a myth i think it's empowering to us because uh, all of us can be a a christ even paul says uh, the secret is the christ in you right it's the empowering thing of of imitating jesus of of being the best person you can be in the way you want to be right so that's my goal as a historian <laughs> awesome and um it's been t fun talking with you bro and um uh, thank you thank, thank you. you so much so that's the end of it thanks for tuning in guys this is your host elmo Ador jr and thank you for listening in and please subscribe Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank